Thanks to our sponsors, Renault. The Renault Capture, the versatile, compact family SUV. I, I, a grain of rice. I, a grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Hello everybody, how are you all doing? You're welcome along to Bank Holiday, Monday, June morning, um, here with the Irish Examiner in association with our great pals in Renault. Um, morning after Leinster Hurling final weekend, Joe McDonough weekend and the Munster Hurling final weekend. And uh, we have quite uh, the range of guests this morning. We have from the Marble City uh, Mr. Brian Hogan, looking very dapper and uh, nice and relaxed this morning. Hoagie, how the hell are you? Good day, though. Looking dapper, but not as dapper as my uh, my fellow colleague, Mark Lander, sitting across from us there. <laughs> Hello, Shades Mark. Oh, it, this is like something out of Miami Vice, Mark. What is the story? <laughs> Pat Murray's apartment, I hear. Uh, who, who let the cat out of the bag? Who let the dogs <laughs> out? It's a small world. It's more than an apartment now, Dello. It is a nice little um, four-bedroomed um, house with its own swimming pool. I must say, I'm indebted to him. We're spending ten days. Ten days. Well, we haven't we haven't had a trip away in eight years. So, luckily enough, we, it became available, and it nearly didn't happen. I would have to say. Did you ever? Get an experience where you go to get your boarding passes the day before you fly out and you can't find them and you can't get them. And then you're, and the money's gone out of your account. Then you ring the airline carrier to discover uh, we can see that you tried to make a reservation, but they didn't get through. So now you have a wife and three kids and yourself saying, we've no seats on the plane tomorrow morning. But in typical land of fashion, there's always a solution to the problem. Ring. Nathan Wall, he's their man, right? So That's he's the aircraft security man and um, head man in the Cork Airport. And he went through everything with me. And thankfully, we were able to get the flights to follow. He made it through phone calls. You can see the reservation is there. But for some reason, the boarding passes weren't, uh, weren't set up. So... I can tell you this much, there was a lot of pressure on last Wednesday at 5 o'clock. There was steam rising. There was, you know, that swan, and you're on the lake, and the legs are flying underneath. I was like that, I can tell you now, because it's hard to tell the three kids and the wife, like all boarding passes, and we ain't flying out on Thursday morning. Not good, I can tell you. But we're here anyway. And you, always, beaten, you, always, you always pull it off, like. Uh, well, listen... You know, the, the game ain't over, as you know, with Tony Kelly with the sideline ball. It ain't over till the final whistle, Dale. So the flight wasn't going till 11 o'clock. I still had about 20 hours to get it sorted. So I got there in the end, as far as the message. And thank and where you. Where are you? Would you like to enlighten us? Where are you? Where has Pat Murray the apartment? Murray, you never told me you had an apartment. I worked with you as well. Like. <laughs> Why, Pat Murray? Uh, we're in, uh, former, we're in former great Shannon and Munster fullback for anyone that doesn't know the greatest oh, rugby player I ever saw that was uncapped for Ireland I, when he keeps slagging me about being taken off and the all will find I keep slagging him about him never getting a, a cap for Ireland they, and, and his buddies now and famous as a good few lads they'll be close from all rugby lads and they'd always be slagging him and they, but they'd always be saying he was the best fullback at the time never to get capped so 
Yeah, we're we're in Playa Blanca, and it's thirty five degrees, blue skies. The kids have headed to the water pool, the um the slides today for three or four hours to try and give me a break to have a chat with you. So it's um it's absolutely beautiful, I must say. You now, so. Well, we'd like to thank you very much for taking time away. I tell you, wouldn't be the greatest man in the water slide somehow, anyway. Do you know? Uh, do, do you know? Do you know? Do you know when you can see this big mirage coming round through the hole, and the thing is starting to shake from side to side, and there's water leaking from everywhere? That's me and the water slide. <laughs> and the big splash when you come down at the end. Jeez, there's some image on a bank holiday Monday morning and TJ feeling a bit shook there after Limerick with two four in a row in Munster like you coming down the kamikaze slide oh Jesus uh, TJ how the hell are you you wouldn't be able for the water park today TJ no Dello good morning from Playa de Garis Balan uh, <laughs> we were there last week it's lovely as well like. it's lovely um, points back I'm, I'm, I'm under pressure this morning. Yeah, great day and, and great night last night. I ended up in um, at an 81st, Dillo, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> two well-known Limerick businessmen. One had his 40th and one had his 40th from last year. The great Conor Fitzgerald and his brother Richie. There was a bit of a party on last night. Um, Woodlands. So in the Woodlands, yeah. And you know what? There was a lot of good people there and great crack and... It turned into a late one, and unusual Conor Fitz fashion, we were really well looked after. So, under the cash this morning, no Delo, but a, a fantastic day and a great night. And I'm here to chat about it with you guys this morning. So let's see, let's see how we get on. TJ, TJ, I um I was reminiscing with one of your buddies on Saturday night in our panels in um in Playa Blanca, our Portugal Carmen, sorry, in our panels and. Thanks very much to Tom Staples and his partner, Mary, who made us feel very welcome. But I met the, the great Damien Rail, the Rala, as your buddy. And we were reminiscing the story you told about um, John Milan and uh, McDonough. But he told a great story about McDonough as well, you know. So he was telling us about a league match that he played against Cock and Rala was marking Ben O'Connor. And after about 15 minutes, there was three or four balls gone into Ben and he was after beating them out to every one of them. And McDonough rolls over. Brother, Lord of Blades, lad. <laughs> He's telling the right man, too. Uh, yeah, I actually absolutely. got a text off Demo. He must be still out there and still reminiscing and unwinding after a great Monster final because I got a text off him, uh, Railer, I don't know, or, or, or Demo. I should say, I did, I did. You were dead right about Claire. Savage team, game for the edges. Limerick Clark, meet again. I'll, I'll go through it again, Demo. Let's, um, yeah, you, you're, you have some lifestyles. I, I got stuck in the traffic in Turles, got back to Tully Crane, um, having got a quick cup of coffee in Board Hill, and um, got back here. And my current wife, Eilish, had done a ten and a half hour straight in the bar with the help of Faye Collins, Fair Play to Faye, you did a, you did a play the Stormer, and so myself and Miss Orla Daly took over then at 10. And we got the clean-up done about 2.30, I suppose, so. You saw it home, yeah. Very we good. As, we weren't, yeah, so clean and healthy this morning, even though I would have slept for another four or five hours, but um, anyway, we'll see what Monday Monday will bring. We had, we, had, we had great hopes of having the great Kieran McDermott here today with the banner roar and the guitar out the back, and, and uh, I, it was looking likely for a while, but... Uh, it didn't come through, sure. But we might have it later on, dear. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe, as the song goes. But, um, Mark, 
you went you have every excuse to go to the pub now these weekends when you're over there because it's hurling on of course you can't miss it like <laughs> well it's super to be able to get the matches when you're away from home fair play to, to more he had RTE in I, I stayed at home to watch it on the television yesterday and I went out to watch the final on Saturday evening so it's great Pat because Mur- you have all the, all the channels here Pat Murray must have done very well out of the permanent TSB did he? I'm telling you, Dale, if we just hung in there for another couple no. of years, like, do you know what I mean? You'd have, you'd have done it, like, you know, but anyway. No. No, all, the, nice... all my colleagues, all my colleagues in that department have either fillies in, in fall to the derby winner or they have they have apartments in the play of Blanca. And, and there's me slaving behind the bar last night. Hoagie, didn't easy, like, is it? Is it? My heart goes out to you, Dale, there. You're having a tough fight. Clean and bars so me, at half. So we don't some of that whiskey or sell will you? So we don't some of that whiskey or sell it. arse in, in Lanzarote or wherever he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's that kind of the area. Right? No, we had a big win over the weekend. Now the Derby winner, Desert. I know the Desert King was his name for uh, Michael Stout. Holds up in the Derby and he's buying a Taniel. And lucky enough, the man from Killer has two falls uh, by. Nathaniel, so there was a bit of thinking went into that day law of a cold fall by Nathaniel out of a half sister the classical dream. Willie Mullins, are you listening? And I also have a full sister the bonding victory by Nathaniel. Willie Mullins, are you also listening? Because both of them, former winners in Cheltenham, and really, really looking forward to the sales this November. So if you're doing nothing, I know Hoagie, there's no point in asking Hoagie to come because there's no way you can get a kick any fellow to pass with money. Right? <laughs> Or maybe it's just Hoagie one path with us. But I know <laughs> you will come along for this. Thing. We'll have a bit of crack. We'll press a bit of flesh with all the old National Hood lads up there. And um, we're look, really looking forward to the sales this year. So I, I rode on the Desert King coming down the, the home straight in Empson and Sarda. I'd say you're not even seeing the pool between much of the Derby and Hurland. I miss, what you're, I miss what you were saying there, Landers. I was just in shock there. Uh, I see TJ yawn and while you're discussing horses, I said, the poor man, he must be shook if that's the case. I'm under pressure. I'm under pressure. <laughs> He's under pressure, the poor man. <laughs> Marco, if you fell into a slurry pitch, you'd come up smelling the roses by then. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll start, lads, we'll start. We'll, we'll go to the Lencer final. I, look at, um, I enjoyed it. I we had a big crowd here. I'll get them in a while with Belly Giblin and with Four Mile Water and with Gary Power Stag from Clarecastle and we'd met even on Saturday evening here. Um, so I just went up home at five to seven. I missed the analysis and I came straight back down, I suppose, at maybe 20 past eight. And um, I even missed all the tour about handshakes and everything like that. I, I hadn't time to be, but I saw the match. I saw all the match and uh, I enjoyed it. I didn't know what was to come the following day, obviously, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a tactical battle. I, I tipped Galway, but I also said I wouldn't be any bit surprised and I would not trust Galway, and that is kind of how it panned out. I mean, these guys should be having serious long looks at themselves. Now, I, I, don't, I don't want to be blaming management, just because I know you'll be close to Henry. I'd be friends enough with him as well for more time with RT, but I just thought they had an overemphasis in trying to take on Kilkenny at their own game, kind of in, in the physical stakes. And they were lucky to finish the match probably with 15, I think. And Kilkenny loved that. I thought it was played in Kilkenny's terms. Galway got three-quarter goal chances, maybe two and maybe a half chance. Didn't take them. And then there was only one winner for me. And they have to have a long look at themselves before they'll probably face into Cork. If Cork come out of Belfast now, mind you, we'll have to... Um, 
you have to give credit to Corrigan Park and its environs and what can happen there. But Hoagie, very satisfying victory from a Kilkenny supporter. Having lost two in Leinster, you couldn't contemplate being still in the All-Ireland having lost three, I'd say. No, no, it would have made a bit of a farce of it, I think, if we had lost the three matches and then were faced into a quarter-final, to be fair. <laughs> um, yeah, look, from a result perspective, fantastic. Uh, we've a, we've a, a nice lead-in now to an all semi semi-final. Plenty of time to, you know, Brian has it down to a tee, four weeks, you know, get the lads right. Um, so Will you play around the club? Uh, historically, yeah, we would have, but I doubt it. No, no. Um, I doubt it now. Um, but from a match, I know I know we slightly differ in terms of our opinion. I thought it was a poor match. Um, I suppose a couple of reasons. Um, it, was, it was sloppy in stages. From a Kilkenny perspective, I, it was... It was sloppy, you know. We spoke about before what they're trying to do. Um, they're trying to, you know, play the ball around the half back line. They've got Richie Reed and Paddy there, who are looking to kind of spray the ball into the inside forward line. Um, they did it. They did it in patches, but there were stages where we overdid it, and the ball to hand, the ball wasn't going to hand on a couple of occasions. I watched it back again last night. You know, the ball was going to ground, and they were getting. A, but the thing was, they were getting a second chance to get it into their hands because there was no pressure, or very little pressure from the Galway lads at times. Um, but saying that, you know, Kilkenny did what Kilkenny had to do. We ground down Galway. Whatever Galway came at, came at us with. We dealt with. Uh, we ground them down. We weren't going to be beaten for work rate or for efforts. You know, we brought what Kilkenny always bring. And Galway seems to just run out of ideas. You know, with with 15, 20 minutes to go. It, Looked inevitable, really. You know, Kilkenny were four mm. or five points up. Never look, we're never going to really relinquish it. You know, um, the lead. I, from a Galway perspective, I was disappointed. You know, I thought, you know, other years you're kind of never really sure what Galway team are going to turn up. They could shoot the lights out, or they could, you know, stutter. Um, I thought with Henry and the lads there, I thought they'd have them well prepared. You know, coming off the back of the match in Salt Hill, I thought it'd be you know, nice bit of an edge to it, but. It didn't, didn't materialize, you know, even even from a puck outs, you know, Kilkenny set up fairly traditionally as they do with the three boys inside, you know, closing the space to prevent any kind of short options to uh, the half back line. Um, and Galway went, went long quite a lot, you know, aside from when they tried, they go short, I suppose the A option to the full back line, Kilkenny swarmed them then, they turned them over on one or two occasions, but when they went long, Never really troubled Kilkenny or Paddy and, and Mike Carey. The half-back line and midfield kind of dealt with it more often than not. So, yeah, look, it was job done uh, from a Kilkenny perspective. Um, sets it up nicely now in four weeks' time. Um, but from a Galway side, you, I'd say, you know, Henry, you know, he looked very disappointed. I need to kind of, I suppose, you know, talk coming out after the match. You know, they were definitely disappointed with, with, with the level of the performance they, they put up. Mm. Um, your club mate had a massive task on his hand in probably one of the most yeah. informed forwards. He stuck to it manfully, I will say. Fair enough, Puilo got four points, but Jesus Lawler, I thought, was great the way he kept. There's yeah. no back down on him, is there? No, that, that was, that was, the, that was the, the one battle that was, you know, man-to-man battle during the match that he was really interested in. And from the word go, um, Connor got a point there, an outrageous point under the, the Q's extend side and it just just a turn of the hips came back in and, and over the bar from a really acute angle. But it, it it was a proper contest between the two of them. It was it was physical, it was it was hard, you know. As I said, Connor got two wonderful points. 
Hugh came out with some great ball. And I just, I think the difference of having you there full back, um, mm. you know, just the security he gives there. And I mean, able to receive a short pass to Moan, he's got such a stride on him that when he does take the short pass, if he doesn't lay it off, he breaks the line, he comes out, you know, he, get, he gets himself into space. It was a great battle. It was a proper battle. And unfortunately, I suppose, for Galway's perspective, really, Connor was the rain, the, the only guy who was consistently a threat there for the 70 minutes, you know, and there was a proper battle between himself and Hugh. The rest of the guys, Keen Fahey, came in and out of it, scored two good points, but kind of was out of the match. Um, you had Connor Cooney, you know, did a couple of nice things, then went out of the match, you know, but the three starting forwards, I think, was scored from play, which just isn't enough, you know. The, the other yeah. guys just a lot of movement, but really weren't making any sort of impact on the on the game. And, and look, that's in part due to the credit. It has to, the, the Kenny backs have to take credit for that as well. That Mikey Butler, obviously enough, get man the match was outstanding there. Another club mate of mine and Paddy as well, and you know, and Richie Reed had had a good spell there as well. But they just Galway just didn't threaten. They never asked any questions of of the Kenny the Kenny backs, you know. And uh, I just felt we were pretty comfortable, apart from those probably two half chances that. Galway did get in the first half. No big deal. No big deal about handshakes, Hoggy. Uh, yeah, look, it's, it's coming a bit petty, like, isn't it? It is. It is. Look, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. I was hoping to God we wouldn't be back here again talking about talking oh, yeah, about much of it. Yeah, look, it is what it is at this stage now, and um, you know, no one knows really whether there's anything in it or there, or there's a bit more to it, and I don't think anyone really will know. To be honest, the truth. Um, it is what it is. I was there. I was standing watching. It. You could sit. You could sense the crowd. All the Kenny crowd hung around for the presentation, but the cameras were, were on the two boys, you know, um, and that in itself created tension, you know, within the stands because everyone was waiting. And look, from Henry's perspective, uh, I, I, fair play to him. You know, he made it. You know, the boys went up, shook hands with him. He made it. You know, he stood in the tunnel after the match and shook hands with all the Kenny boys going in. You expect nothing else from from Henry. You know, the, the character, the man. Despite the disappointment he, he definitely would have had, you know, he, he had the wherewithal to make sure that he made a point of congratulating all of his, his club mates and, and his fellow county men, you know, having, having got the results. Um, and look, hopefully that puts it to bed and we can move on now and just concentrate on the hurling. Yeah, it's unlikely, to be, put to bed. I, I it's unlikely to be put to bed in there, Brian, the handshake, just in particular. Um, like, I... I I said on record here the last time I, I felt that, that, that uh, Brian Cody had muffled something under his mouth in uh, in Galway. And I, I also think he obviously said something as well on, on, um, on Saturday night. And i just really disappointed for the game overall. The two guys that were in the trenches for 12 or 13 years together, Henry winning 10 All-Irelands on the field of play, Brian winning 11 All-Irelands as the manager. I just think it doesn't send out the right signal to GA people in general. Um, we are, you know, in the main, very, very sporting. I thought it was just, I thought they both left them. I, I can't actually say that Henry left himself down because we don't know exactly, we don't know what's come out of it, but there's certainly something has been said on two occasions by Brian. And I'm going to say the same thing as I said the last time. I'm a bit disappointed with him. He got his victory, brilliant turnaround. You know, dogged it out like typical in, in typical Kilkenny fashion and brilliant in fairness, but there's no place for it in sport. And I would equally say that something similar happened in the Munster final as well, where Brian uh, Lohan made a track down, I think, to meet John Kiley, and there was no handshake there as well. So 
the GA actually have an issue on their hands right now that there has to be a protocol put in place immediately for the managers. It's either there's going to be a handshake or there's no handshake, but it doesn't send out the right signal to the public or to anybody involved. And we all know that there's a euphoria involved in winning a match and the general thing is to come around to your selectors and the people closest to you, maybe county board officials and stuff like that. But the respect that is always... You couldn't couldn't compare the two things, that Mark. I mean... Lohan walked down immediately. He walked out on the field and he stopped himself and he turned and walked down. And John Kiley was being mobbed. There was a pitch invasion going on. Like There was no pitch invasion in Crop Park. Like. Oh, I know that. But, but I suppose the point I'm making, Anthony, is that there was no handshake yesterday between the two members. You'd be sure they're making the tunnel. Quite possible. Quite possible. Dela, you've been on the sideline plenty of times. I mean, generally... From what I understand, the protocol, you know, the match, the whistle goes, the two managers go, they shake hands, and then off you go to your respective players mm-hmm. or whatever. I was hoping as a Kilkenny supporter, that's what would happen, and that would be it, put to bed, move on. Didn't happen for whatever reason, um, and we're here talking about it again, unfortunately. Yet, to Mark's point, I mean, you know, there's clearly, for whatever went on in Salt Hill, you know, the, there was a, an element of tension. I don't know. I looked at it. I don't know what was said. It looked fairly, the, the handshake looked fairly cold, but, but you know, short and brief, and they moved on. But, you know, obviously, Henry's shaking his head. But we're all, we're all smiling. I really don't know. And unfortunately, we're here talking about it again. As I said to you, I was hoping, as soon as the whistle went, the two would just go, two guys who, you know, there, there is no one who has, I suppose, soldiered together. You know, the two, you know, if you like, talismanic characters within... It's the, the group that I played with, you know, and it's just unfortunate that 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 uh, they're, you know, we're here, we're talking about it again as opposed to the game. Um, it is, look, it it it, it, it did shake hands, um, thankfully, um, and albeit mightn't have been as uh, uh, hugs and 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 cuddles or anything, but they shook hands and you know, look, Henry moved away. I don't know what what the, the shake the head was about, Mark. You know, I mean, only Henry knows that, and, and Brian. Whether it was anything said or whether it was just Henry, just you know something else going on. Well. I don't know, but look, it was it was, yeah. Look, but it the, happens. The, and... I, I would say, Brian, the fact that Henry backed away from the handshake, right, without turning his back on him, he kept staring at him, shaking his head, which to me something was definitely said, Brian, and I just I just think it's very disappointing. You're right, Anthony, that there were two different circumstances between the Leinster final and the Munster final, but I'm just saying. The handshakes didn't, you know, didn't take place yesterday. And Brian Lawn, you could see on television, he's seen walking down, maybe, and he made up his mind conscious, well, shag that, I'm going no further. And he turned around. And I said, that's that's all I'm saying, is, is I think that something has to be come official, you know, that it's, like, lads, the league matches, they just go to each other, the managers go to each other after a league match. Championship matches have become slightly different, I would suggest. It, it happened to me and Innes in, in 12. I brought down the dubs and, and we were four points up and cleared 14 men and, and one TK introduced himself to the Irish nation as a senior player, belted home a penalty and clipped two from play and Clare got a dramatic late win. And it's just Davy and myself, like, you know, and I, I just walked down to him. And in fairness to him, like, he did make a run and jump at the final whistle, which any of us would have with excitement and, and, and a dramatic game and... Uh, then he got mobbed by people like that. And I stood there and I didn't walk away. I just said I'd stay there because it was an innocent and I felt the whole thing weighing on me. Yeah. And I waited. And then he came over and showed me the big embrace and all that. And it wasn't, I didn't think it was his fault in any way. Like he, 
just jumped up in the air and then seven or eight official subs, everyone jumped on him and he should know where he was like. You no, know, so look, I thought there was a bit of that in the Limerick Clare thing. The other thing was different. There was nobody on his subs and a few officials on the field, like and just this I... ten minutes standoff. But look, I don't still think there's any big deal. Look at Mark, it's a bit like your own story with the soccer, like look at Keno and Fergie, like oh they won together, the on field deputy, the great master. It isn't great. It isn't great to this day. Let's hope this is sorted out before it goes to those extents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't see I don't see there be any coming back from this day. Look, it happens in sport, it happens in business. Two people get entrenched and it's very, very difficult to to to, to unravel that, you know. I'd say give time, give time and, and I don't know. I doesn't usually fester in J, I will say. Like we look at we had a situation where declaring Wexford managers wouldn't check hands last two championships, like so that wasn't as much made out of it. So look, people yeah. get on, people don't get on. I don't know. Look, Hold stuff on. happens. TJ Hold, I was gonna say Dale first Hoggy, it looked like on television that Mikey Butler followed Kahamanian everywhere. Like that was kind yeah. of a little bit, a little bit unusual. Even I saw one once twice in the that Kahamanian was kind of down in his own half back lane. And Mikey followed him the whole place. It freed up Richie Reed. That's where it looked like structurally the game happened. Yeah, 100%. Uh, if you look at the uh, just after the throw, and I think the ball breaks into the, the Galway half back lane, and uh, Mikey Butler standing <laughs> standing beside Cotton Mannion, um, you know, 60 yards from where you'd expect him to be. Yeah, he was he was detailed to pick up Carl Mannion, and he followed him for the majority of the match. In the second half, they brought Connor Brown on, and Mikey. Started back into the kind of the, into, the, into the more into the full back line, but you're right. Uh, he was picked detailed to pick up Cotton Man, and Cotton had been obviously uh, has been very influential for Galway, um, and does is one of those guys that does make the ball move for Galway and, and has that vision to be able to pick guys out. Um, Mikey completely shot him down, um, and, and equally Tom Monaghan, who's had a great year for Galway, you know, has been outstanding. Didn't didn't feature at all really for Galway when I seen him there. At the beginning of the second half, and I'd say he'd obviously had words, or they'd, they'd had words with him at half time, and he shoulder and Paddy before the ball was thrown in. I was like, yeah, "Oh no, yes, you know, you're 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 barking up the wrong tree there." And within five minutes, he was hauled off. You know, because there's nothing Paddy loved nothing better. But um, yeah, that's, that's what I was saying, Hoagie. I thought they were too caught up in that stuff. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 like but but silly stuff. Mm. You know, like, like obviously the the, the stamp from Keen Fahey, like, like you know, and and there's other there's other few cases like you know Connor Cooney going in and grabbing lads and like nonsense, you know, like where you wanted them to to, to put put their stamp in the game was was you know Keen Fahey got a point, he caught the ball, shrugged it to Kenny out of his way, came back inside after Hogan stand side and took it over the bar, and you're kind of saying, well, that's the statement, like that that's the kind of score that'll make. Make an impact, you know. Connor Cooney caught a ball and went straight through the Kenny defence, but he didn't do that enough. You know, they were more interested in, in you know, when Kenny were going for the ball, they were going aggressive, they were going hard, but were, it was it was they were driving through the ball, getting the ball. It just felt like the Galway lads were more interested in kind of at times, at times squaring up and you know shoving lads and this kind of thing. And yeah, they kind of got distracted a bit there. I agree with it in that respect, but from a tactical point of view, I didn't. There wasn't a huge amount of 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 you know, nuance. You know, apart, apart from the likes of Mikey picking up Cahill Mannion, I, I, I was looking at the, even the puck outs, you know, I was expecting more from Galway in terms of stretching Kilkenny and causing them a few issues, but they, they, they put a lot of, an awful lot of ball along, which suited Kilkenny and, and, and you know, from Kilkenny's perspective, okay, they, 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 Adrian Mullen obviously was detailed as an option to try and get out. They caught him 
Owen caught him a couple of times with some good pokeouts. But you know, to a large part, it was it was as we were. You know, it was either ping a short and work it out from the back and get the ball into Richie Reed or Paddy's hands and then deliver it long from there, or go direct if they can get if you can get the right matchups in the half forward line. Um, and, and obviously, obviously, the, the two TJ catches in the second half like were oh, worldly. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, like like the 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 camera um, was one of the frustrations. It, in any of the pitches, they, they, they selectively choose what they're going to show on the screen, you know, and you know they, they show all the good bits. You want to see some of the other stuff as well, but they don't. But um, but yeah, they, 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 there was a there was a stoppage there at one stage, and they went back and they showed the two catches, like kind of a you know a, co- a compilation of his best bits in terms of the kind oh, like outrageous, outrageous stuff, you know, fingernail stuff with the hands the other, bent the other way, which is yeah. It was, it was Can you imagine being the fella marking him at that stage and the yeah, fella yeah. down injured and next thing they're showing the highlights <laughs> clip. You turn off the telly, will you? <laughs> you would tell, tell them, hey, have a look up the screen there. Have yeah, look, well, uh, I would anyway. Me, but I, I would never highlights package like that. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was unreal and the free take and just unreal. And for me, you know, he has a month to get the body even more yeah. tuned, you know, so... Beware, yeah. I'd say, the rest of the country, you know. Um, Hoggy, just look, looking in on the television, uh, on a good few occasions, the Galway players were very upset with James Owens. I don't know it's a difficult one for you as a Kilkenny man. You're not going to run him down, but was there anything in it? Did James Owens, I can't remember myself looking at it, there was a huge frustration on the Galway players. Yeah, I, to be honest, Mark, uh, look, obviously, I'm looking at maybe with, with blinkers on. I I didn't think he particularly favoured one side or the other. Now maybe you'll beg to differ, you know. But I, I just I thought there was a couple of I mean there's a couple of decisions, you know, that I suppose Kakeni inevitably in a match like that you're going to feel oh Jesus, you know, hard done by you know he didn't pick up the Keen Pai incident, you know there was there was one or two other instances like that. Yeah, you're right. The Galway lads seemed to be protesting an awful lot more. Yes, was that yeah. a sign that their heads were weren't in it? You know, I mean. I, you know, I know Henry was at Eddie's pump, you know, was never shy of a word or two to the ref, you know, and, and trying to help him along with making the right decisions. But, uh, you know, look, he was on the line and he was quite animated at times as well. Did that filter through to some of the players? I don't know. But but there was definitely occasions where I felt they'd have been better off just, you know, put the ball down, whether it was a skirmish or giving out to the ref and get back into positions and focus on what they were doing themselves. I don't know. I mean, look, I didn't think he was he was overly harsh, um, harsh one way or the other. But look, you'll always have people going, "Oh, he did this and did that." You know, I definitely didn't think he was he had a, a major impact on the game, which is the, the first thing you don't want from a ref. And 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 looking in, Adrian, obviously for me, the difference between the two teams is that the fact that Cahal Mannion was held scoreless and Adrian Mullen got four points from play. He was really really good on Saturday night. Like his long range striking guys is is ferocious. He's really, yeah. really accurate. And his, his head seems to be in a very good place, Brian. Yeah, yeah. well, I've seen him. I, I suppose I would have had some apprehension about him playing midfield just in terms of, you know, the, the, the level of energy you need to expend out there, you know, and the, and the work rate, you know, and he's naturally more of a forward, inside forward, you know, wing forward. Um, but you're right, his range of shooting. I mean, I was watching him even before the match. I, the Galway lads are down in front of us doing the warm-up, but I, I looked up the other end of just and, and he was under the Q's extent, stroking balls. And then just as the whistle went, he took the ball and turned and hit it over the Galway end, which must have been about definitely 70 yards and, you know, easy over the bar, you know, and he, and he just seemed to be stroking it. So he's a serious, serious strike on the ball. And that's a huge asset to have when you're out around midfield. And, 
you know, you're trying to draw out a defence. Uh, to have a guy with that and he's, he's Arsenal, and, you know, and there's a few of the Limerick lads have that as well. Um, so, yeah, look, he, if Kilkenny, you know, are to progress even further, they need, they need Adrian, you know, producing that kind of, that kind of performance. But, um, you know, it's, it's the reality of it is that like, well, we have five forwards scored from play, you know, as starting forwards, you know, um, God, we had three, you know, it's, mm. it's your, your, you don't really have to look too far beyond that from a Galway perspective to wonder what, what went wrong, you know, when you, you just didn't fire, you know, and as I said, Connor was the real, Connor Whelan was a real threat up there in the forwards, you know, and outside of that, you, mm. you'd struggle to say that any, any of them win their battle, you know, from a Kilkenny perspective, there was a little bit more balance to it. Um, and as Dalo's mentioned, TJ, you know, there was, he, he did what he had to do. There was, there was moments of brilliance, but, you know, now having come through that heavy schedule of games, he's got four weeks now just to kind of, you know, taper, you know, bring it down, get any kind of knocks and, uh, sorted, and then build back up for four weeks' time, which is ideal for a guy at his with the mileage he has, you know. Um, so, yeah, look, we're, it's it's a good, it's a it's a good, great position to be in. Yeah, from a team in crisis, all, all of a sudden there's a three in a row of Leinsters and there's into the last four again, so it's too bad. Like, yeah, um, yeah, but, but, but not, not to lose focus either. We, we no. still were going into it with the potential of losing three games. You know, we'd lost the priority, so you know, no. there's plenty to work on there as well. You know, we're not getting ahead of ourselves either. No, TJ but, is laughing there, He's, but at any stage, 70 minutes can do an awful lot to put things right. Like, you know, we all know that. TJ, from a Galway point of view, you know, you're hardly talking to Kevin, I suppose he was down the dumps, but um, they'll be disappointed. like you know they came through the round robin unbeaten they'll probably have to face into cork you know with the winners going across to limerick now it looks like a long road now what could have been as i said 70 minutes can alter an awful lot like can't it 100 and i think this just even just to be able to have a bit of silverware at the end of the year to win a Leicester Championship would have been beautiful for Galway at this stage. I, just, I was laughing at the whole idea of what you said there about Kilkenny being in crisis and kind of everyone saying they're struggling and they just won three Leinsters in a row. So uh, that, 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 that's the piece that yeah, you'd be kind of smiling at. But um, for Galway, yeah, I, like, I just think that if, for whatever reason they weren't at it. And I know I, I read Henry's comments after the game and he felt that, you know, like a lot of the time they were probably giving away frees when they, like, you, you know yourself when you when you're on the ball, you're not giving away those frees, and their hands were in. And I don't know. It, 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 you said there at the start of the program that it was played in Kilkenny's terms. I think that was probably the best statement of them all in terms of like they they, they got a couple of matchups right. Uh, they shut down Cahamanian, and then basically outside of Conor Whelan, the rest of the positions Galway seemed to really struggle. Dahi Brook for a while was very good at full back, and they shut down on mm. Cody. But other than that, you, you you'd have to say that Kilkenny were on top in the key positions around the field. But yeah. And a tough road, I will agree. It looks like now, um, depending on how the Rebels get on the weekend, it could be Galway Cork and going down the side of the, the, the Limerick side of the draw. So it, it just makes the road that much more difficult. Whereas Kilkenny can sit pretty you now in four weeks. I'm sure Cody will be loving it, like, and just get training back up. And uh, to, to go back to Kilkenny in a second, we'll talk to Brian about it. Patrick Walsh not starting was probably a surprise for me, given the season he's had in, in, in the half forward line. But other than that, the Kenny panel seems to be getting stronger, getting players back, and yeah, just good. Where did Galway go now is probably a big question. Um, you know, they didn't get much ball to their inside forwards. Out, like Whelan won a couple of balls, but Brian Cannon wasn't on the ball much in the second half, and they needed to get more in there, and they needed to try and get a goal or two. And they probably had what you said there, maybe two or three 
they weren't guilty edge chances now, but they were half chances and looked like they felt that they needed one of them in the first half there when Cannon tried to square one to wheel and looked like a decent chance. But yeah, no, they, they, they'll be they'll be very disappointed. I I I, I thought and felt that they were heading in the right direction and you know I mean, this would have been a lovely kind of next rung in the ladder to pick up a Leinster championship and be sitting waiting for the team. But yeah, tough now and two two week turnaround is tough as well. Um, you know, before we before we forget it, the Hawkeye. Did we hear anything official as to what happened there or no on that decision? Um, no, and I asked in RT there yesterday, no, it just seemed like it was just a technical breakdown in Crow Park. I should have told us one was nearly, nearly worse. Like, we're all waiting. In an epic game, like, we're all waiting. What stoppage? I'd say the players might have been glad of it for the, for the catch the wind. I'd say so, yeah. Uh, Jesus, we have to get it right from now on anyway, you know. And I don't know if where the quarterfinals will be played. There's a bit of talk yesterday around Torless now, and that's saying like, specifically who I heard it off, but that one quarterfinal may go to Torless, you know, uh, or well, may go to Cork, excuse me. So I don't think we have Hawkeye down there, Mark, with your shiny new stadium. Do we? I, I think it'll. it's only a matter of time, Dela, before Hawkeye will have to be installed in all the major stadiums because there's too much at stake. And we saw that with the Limerick on the 21s. Or in the twenties, there to the point that could, and like the more people that you talk about, the more people are convinced that the ball wasn't going over the bar. But I did a bit of digging in that, and halfway, I'm told was used, and the administrator on the day said there's no need. The referee has made the right decision, and uh, there's no need to to, to replay it. So uh, now I'm led to believe that might have been 40 seconds after the incident that that uh, occurred. So. I just, I, I don't understand. Is that gospel now? Is that a land? Is that a land or is that could, really that could be another one of Trump's fake, okay. fake news stories, but it did know. I did have a discussion with a fella. I won't name the person who was in the box in the day, but I do know who it was. And he said, no, continue on. There's no need for the referee to assess it. But the ball was gone down the field and it was over 40 seconds, had been used up. The reality here is rugby can get this right within five or six seconds of the incident. I don't see any reason why the GA can't get this right. And if it's a financial issue, lads, get on with it and get it get it right because the players, the management and the supporters deserve to have technology real live time. Live, live. We need it to have the, that. Marco. What's that? It didn't What's work. That, it didn't work. But in, in, so that's not good enough at all. I've never seen it happening in rugby in a match of 15 years that the data was unavailable. Come on, that's harsh. Uh, <laughs> I knew, yeah. so, I knew something that happened in your mind watching rugby for 15 years. <laughs> and listen, and, and come here to me 40, 30 or 40 seconds in Tullus to be waiting for a decision that should take about 10 seconds. It's unacceptable. So that, that might be leading you, to TJ, down to saying we shouldn't be using VAR. The reality is, if we get this right, It'll make things so much easier for the flow of the game and we'll get the decisions right, which is always what the players and the management and supporters want. Coming away, the decision is correct. True. So, <laughs> that's, the, that's the easiest answer, TJ. It's true. No, thank you. We, 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 want, we, we want the correct decision, but I, I, I'm just amazed with that unavailable. Like, I, I don't know what happened then. Like, in Turles yesterday, when Tony Kelly hit the free... Like if it was data unavailable, what was the decision going to be then? You know, like was he going to go with a white or because the umpire didn't Neil, Neil did come up on the small scoreboard, did it? I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, and if, if if that happened to be a data unavailable, what happens then? 
it's, it's a, it is. Oh, geez, I presume it's a wide. But like in, in other sports or in other games, even you get the benefit of the doubt nearly if the thing. Yeah. Don't you like the forward get the benefit? But I think the thing with that one was um, Tony didn't really complain that much, did he? No. no that's all. Like Tony began belubas like if that was over and he yeah. thought it was over if, if it was just, gone to half place. So it was comical anyway. though. It was like who forgot oh, to put Jesus. the SIM card in? That unavailable, yeah. the whole yeah, everyone yeah, in the stand yeah. just started kind of started burst out laughing. It was like you now with the match was if there, if there was a point in it either way and it was the last minute, it'd been a different ball game altogether. But it was comical. Buggy, buggy to be like having a few points, a snaky few points of a Monday below on Declan Casey's and Labashida, no signal. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a place like that in Kilkenny as well, out in Kells. Yeah. There's a grand place after a few of the Kilkenny matches, no signal, yeah. couldn't be called. No Gone. <laughs> But then, yeah. after a while, she definitely knows where you are, like. <laughs> we have one of them in Killer as well, uh, Delo, above a Mount Junior. Um, no Long is running a, a pub there, and Stevens is there. It's a mighty day to be watching everything going on in Stevens' is there, and there's no signal whatsoever. Jeez, that, but that could be troublesome, Stevens' day, Marco, and tips floating around the place, like. Uh, we have all the homework could be done in advance, Dela. Just outside the toilet on the second floor, there's a signal. There's three lads <laughs> up there. Do you know one of these places? And if you walk out the front door of Longs as well, it's exactly the same. So if you need to ring a taxi, you need to go outside the door to ring the taxi. Casey's, you have to kind of go up a few steps to the toilet, right? Down Leba, it's a lovely spot. You have to go up a few steps. And if you go up, there's a window on the uh, you turn up to the left into the gents and the ladies are straight ahead and you'd be like a pair of outside the ladies toilet it's the only place you get a few bars there's a pub in Kells I used to go with, no hickey country you used to go with after the other ends for a few pints on the Wednesday and no signal and the only place you can get it is if you go with the pub and stand in the middle of the road if you hold your hand up and, uh, outside on the road you'll get the signal so like yeah, and there's enough if you've got a few points in you. After <laughs> a couple of hours, you're out on the road there. You can imagine fellas driving by the Wednesday after four in a row, like <laughs> there's Hoagie outside the middle of the main road and Kells with the phone up in the air. If Lads, that was happening, it wouldn't be too bad. Lads, I, he, he goes into a pub in the city, then he says, Lads, they're gone very bad. The battle has gone out of all proportion. Brian Hogan's outside in the middle of the road. The phone, I stopped and he waved me on. <laughs> Oh man, oh, there you go. They're, they're the good ones. They're the good ones. Yeah, that's Hawkeye. Yeah, that's Leinster, lads. Um, TJ, um, we were privileged to be there. I'd say it. I, I was bitterly disappointed, but I was very proud as well. Do you know, be bitterly disappointed now, way worse if Limerick won by 12 points. Do you know that kind of way? I, 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 I took great pride in it and I, and I took great hope in it as well. But Jesus, it was a fucking great game. And <laughs> it was. No, in one way, I like being on the studio, you're privileged as well because you have an action replay beside you and all this. But geez, you'd love to be in the middle of the stand as well, like because you could see the swathes of the people getting up and driving on, and then the Limerick crowd drive on. And Jesus, it, it, it was a savage atmosphere, like you know. Um, and it was a um, it took me back, I suppose, to maybe maybe even the Gaelic grounds, you know, uh, 20, 20, what, seven, six years ago now something similar and it must have been unreal for the players and for the players I have to say Jesus lads for amateurs like just go at that level for that long um, you know fellas like John Connell and Declan Hennon you know who've been around the block a long time and just to keep coming up with the big players uh, incredible incredible day TJ yeah 
agree with all that, Dello. I, I was in the middle of the stand and it was phenomenal. It was as good an atmosphere at a game that I'd been at, um, I would say, ever. Uh, it was it was fantastic. Fans roaring their heads off, um, roaring at the referee, looking for the decision to go your way. And just general banter was really, really good. But uh, just a classic. And I would say um, for the provincials, the, the talk that's going on about trying to get rid of him, I said yesterday probably has bought maybe another 10 to 15 years that the Munster Championship will have to survive because you can't just get rid of that. It, it, like full house in Turles, um players, everybody giving their all. And, and, and what a game. Like the story of the game was it, it was very, very tight. It was a draw at half time, 14 points to 111. Uh, my notes, it was a draw in 50 minutes, 114 to 17. It was a draw in 60 minutes, 117 to 20. It was a draw in 70 minutes, 120 to 23. And obviously after the few minutes, it finished 121 to 24. So very, very little in it. Uh, some phenomenal performances, unbelievable hits and tackles. I felt the referee added to the occasion, even though I'm sure he would have had fans on both sides roaring and screaming at him about a, couple, about a particular incident here and there. But he let it flow as much as he could, and it definitely added to the spectacle. And it was just, it was one of those ones where you knew you had a heart because it was, it was pounding. And I said, you just, it, it was, it was very hard to call. And I suppose, look, even the dying moments, the two captains, phenomenal. What a score from Declan Hannon! Like, just you think that that's done it, like from hundred yards nearly to go and put that ball over the bar. Brilliant, lifts the roof. And then, what can you say about TK again? Like, like. To, to, to cut that ball over the bar like he's close to the 13 meter line in the ace in 21 and I said maybe I don't know it looked like he was going to try and play one short and maybe try and win engineer free but I'm not sure whether he wanted it or whether the boys didn't want the ball because it was it was, it was a must score one but to nail, to nail that it was it, it was incredible but phenomenal performances and, and Limerick just be delighted like it's great to do the four in a row Phenomenal, like we're, we're just living in glory days in Limerick. And look, as I said, for me, like you'll always remember back. So these days are special. And to win another Munster Championship, this group are just incredible. And you know, there probably are no words now at this stage. Clear through the kitchen sink of them, everything that they have physically had. And Limerick still came out on top. So yeah, just, just a brilliant, brilliant day again. And uh, yeah, mighty. Other than the weather, it was the perfect day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, sometimes the weather bloody well adds to these things as well because there's an element of uncertainty in with the rain and it's like 99, Mac, you know, is the weather going to ruin it and all this? But yeah. it do, like, sometimes yeah. it doesn't It doesn't matter. Can I just go back before we go to the specifics on it? Hoagie, like 25,000, I think, roughly in Crow Park. Would we be better off with a packed Tullamore for that? Like, Torless yesterday was breathtaking. The colour, the noise, and I was a bit insulated now. But I brought the two girls and a buddy of Aoife as Jamie. And they said just, they were sending me Snapchats from Ryan's pub, I think, in Turles. And it was just rocking. Like, it was rocking. Munster final, around half one, two o'clock. Now, I was up in the box and watching the Camogie match. And there was Ulster football and behind us. God love us. But I was watching um, Bet Carton. Is it? Jesus, there were some very good players from Watford the Camogie. But... They were sending me Snapchats and of little bits of video of the pubs they were in, like, and they're saying, "Oh my God, the town is just rocking!" Like, and I just thought, Croker, we all want to play in Croker. Like when I was with the Dubs, I'd have to, I'd love to go to Croker, and it was easy probably for the Dubs. But would you, would you be better off? And you played in it now, and I was at a few of the games in it, the Galway Kilkenny games back over the years. And Tullamore was brilliant, like for those games, and 
full house and you know sold out would you be better off i wonder um i was having this conversation at home afterwards Dalo. um there's definitely something there's definitely a case for it i mean the, the atmosphere there's no comparison with the atmosphere on sunday and saturday evening i mean the match on saturday evening there was whatever it was 25 30 000. you know yourself crow park yeah that's lost lost um the, you know we were all kind of we were waiting for the match to, to ignite to get the crowd into it you know um it just didn't happen it was i mean interesting enough when the, when the whistle went and the lads got the cup they went up to the hill and <laughs> there was a couple of thousand kilkenny lads on the hill i didn't, I didn't even realize the hill open but there was a, there was a bit of an atmosphere and they came rushing down to the barrier and there was you know it was a it was a, it was great to see you know because sometimes over the years the leinster final is kind of kick the cup and off you go whereas there were I remember plenty, those you know, there, were, there were wild lads up there in the hill and there was a bit you know there was, we were looking over and there was a bit of crack and I had the young lad with me and he was like you can see the eyes popping out i said would you rather be over there and he was like Gee, you know <laughs> but um but like look monster final has always been an occasion you know it's always been like even as a neutral you know you go down to Turles on a on the sunday afternoon if you get a ticket and you take it in the Leinster final hasn't really been that case over the years apart from where you've got a genuine you know, one. yeah 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 exactly you know where there's been a novelty you know and, and and that so players want to play in front of big crowds want to play in front of you know uh, you know atmospheric conditions you know down in wexter park up in salt hill in Tullamore, yeah as you said we played galway up there we played ourselves in port leash proper mm. championship atmospheres how many would Tullamore take, lads? Any you know off the top of your head? Don't know. Must be something similar to Innes, like, and we is saw it, the atmosphere on Innes, lads, for the Clare Limerick match. Wouldn't that have been a fitting for a Leinster final? Yeah. yeah the, the other side of it as well, Dale, was like Saturday night match. Yeah. You know, seven very o'clock. Difficult. Very difficult. I mean, I will probably come on to it. Like, the sad thing was, I met, I was on the way in, um, I was there around Corbett Six, and uh, I met um, all the Antrim development squads. I see this huge crowd of young lads coming up, all decked out in the Antrim gear, you know, looking great. Had been up all day in Dublin, playing the, the Dublin squads. Obviously gone into the park to watch their own team, B. Kerry. And I was talking to one of the coaches and they were heading home. And I said, oh, you're not staying for the, the other match? And they were like, no, we can't because the bus, the bus, they were on deadlines, but the buses had to have them back up in Antrim. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like, what a waste you know surely to god they could you know crow park you know a development could put them up in dublin for the night and organize another session to follow a bank holiday you know whatever but i just thought there's a couple of hundred you know young lads now heading off home missing the men not match. watching tj reed not yeah, watching exactly, Connor exactly you know you talk about promotion in the game and these boys and they're mad for it you know and they're up all day but i just thought it was a missed opportunity but there there's people leaving the stadium you're trying to keep them in there to keep some sort of atmosphere you know as well but um mm. yeah look there's definitely something whether it's from a promotional point of view you know, or what, you know, to try and generate a bit more excitement. But yeah, like 30,000 is just not, it doesn't, it doesn't create an atmosphere like you had on Sunday down in Turles, you know. Good atmosphere in the Irish bar, Mark. Fantastic. Uh, We had, um, when we arrived into the bar, we had the Kilkenny crowd and we had the Galway crowd. And the the, Royal Safe now, when there was a score on one side or the other side, the stakes were being raised all day long, but I'd have to say the Galway lads didn't really get the opportunity to, you know, to drive it to drive on. Because a bit like the game, they huffed and they puffed and the goal that they so dearly needed to get, I'd say to get themselves going, never, never actually came. 
And the fact that Kilkenny kept stifling and stifling, they just didn't uh, didn't get into it, I would suggest. But <clears throat> it was muted in advance that Galway were unhappy with the timing of the match on the Saturday, particularly, I suppose, with maybe with, with, with the supporters getting home after the match. It would be nine o'clock, I suppose, half nine, before you'd be leaving out of Pro Park. It would be very late, so... That's maybe something that has to be looked at. Would it make a difference if it was a four o'clock game? Or do you go with the Sunday for your Leinster final at two o'clock and your Munster final at four o'clock and reverse them then the following the following year? That might be something that would have to be looked at because it was a disappointing crowd overall. And I, and I wouldn't like to overshadow it now by the crowd that was at the Munster final. I suppose we're particularly lucky at the Munster because it was a brilliant atmosphere. But... Like you'd have to go back and look at the numbers, I suppose, over the last decade in Leinster, see what days were they played, who was in them, and mm. is it having an effect the the participants or the timing of the match? For me, and, and I know I'm sure a couple of years ago both finals were on the one day, and then you would people complaining, "Oh, I'd love to go to see both," but those people are in a minority, and ultimately it's about promoting the game as best as you can. Well, just just on that, Mark. I mean. I was talking here before the match during the week. You know, we have a couple of underage teams, you know, young lads. And traditionally, Leinster finals, you bring up a busload of young lads and you go up to Kilmacud or Ballyboden or somewhere and you play under nines or tens or elevens matches and you might and you bring them over to the park then. Yeah. Or, you know, but seven o'clock on a Saturday evening, too late. A lot of, you know, you right. can't bring a busload, a load of eight, nine year, ten year olds. You know, you don't get back till God knows what hour. So you're missing a trick there as well, you know. Um, yeah, I think there's there's something they could do there, you know, as well. So, yeah, and, and then Brian, the other reason they probably won't have it during, we say maybe five o'clock starts is because you've got Dublin traffic, because mm. it's a shopping day in Dublin as yeah. well. So there are all the things that, and look, you know, it's part and parcel mark of the condensed season, like now that I know this has happened for a couple of years now, um, the Leinster and, and Munster and day, and day after the other, but you know, the, like the condensed season is. is Jeez, and people are giving out to me that I, uh, I'm only pushing this condensed season because, or not to have this condensed season, push it back three weeks, everything, because uh, we're working in the media. But she I'd love to say, I'd, I'm, I'm kind of delighted. We'll be finished work um, on the 17th of July and we won't be back doing podcasts until we come to county semi-finals and stuff. Like, yeah, you, you, could, you, you could probably say the same, Dale, but should, should the game yesterday have gone to a replay? It's, it's a similar, similar, similar argument, isn't it? Like Munster Council probably well, missed up. I no problem with next time. I, I I would have had a problem t- this morning, TJ, if it was one on penalties. Even if Claire had won it, I'd have had a problem. Yeah. Do you know, and uh, that's 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 a bake of mine like that. But we shouldn't be going to penalties. Jesus, it's not the first day anyway. But Dale, I'd have been inclined to agree with you, Dale, as well about the coming season. Um, I mean, in two weeks' time, you're only going to be talking about four counties. Yeah. You know, it's not even going to be July, and you have the whole country can. Play after club championships, you know. You're it's you're talking. You're, you're down to the last four, you know, and they'll be all done. Another two of them will be done in two weeks after that, you know. But so, yeah, I, I yeah, you need to. I think we're you know you need to promote the game as well. And the two marquee provincial finals, you know, we missed the trick. You know, you're missing the trick there with the Leinster final. I mean, it's just it, it was run off on a Saturday evening, meager crowd, very little atmosphere. Um, yeah, I just think it's a pity. Yeah, I suppose it was 46,000 in Torles. Like, I'm only going back now because it's off the top of my head. And uh, the one Leinster final that Dublin managed to win, like, there was 37,000 in Croker that day on a Sunday against Galway. And I suppose the majority dubs. So that's not too far off, 46, 37. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Croker is just massive. So, obviously, any sort of half attendance in an 82,000 stadium is going yeah. to look a bit lost. 
But where else were you going to play a possible 40,000 crowd only in Croker? But it was a great occasion that day. Sunday you know, was a great occasion. You could feel the crowd. You could feel the atmosphere. So, yeah, yeah. I suppose it is very much Kilkenny coming off maybe two defeats. Galway, maybe do they travel to Crow Park? Their footballers are going well as well. Expense is an issue, I suppose, as well. Um, whereas I think Clare is on a fierce novelty this year with the way they're going and Brian being our kind of always was our great leader, kind of in lots of ways since year. And then the Bidersman and Limerick, of course, always great support. No, I think the absolute crest of a wave. Never, never had it as good since the since the great Mick Mackey. And we even said that this morning. I think Mick would be happy enough with what he's watching at the moment from from his graveside in in Castle Connell, I presume. TJ are looking down from wherever he's looking down. But great battles, TJ, around the field. None more so than the battle of the one hurley. Um, Conor Cleary and Aaron Gillan. Seven times I made it, they went to the ball coaching and only one of them had a hurley. I think it was 4-3. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And the last one, Aaron definitely just dropped the hurley <laughs> nice and cutely and put the hand out and uh, John Keenan, as you said, I thought it was a good game, TJ. Got a few things wrong both ways. Uh, I thought it was a good game. Missed a couple of little bits. They were highlighted last night. We'll see what comes out of them. I don't want to go no more than I'm going to go on the, the Galway lad. Um, we never we never went down that line in the show, I suppose, you know, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. I my big thing is I hope Tony's okay because he went off injured at the end. But what a battle teacher between the two boys in the edge of the square. Uh, it was two manly men and Galen maybe slightly got on top for a finish, but clearly a bit like Hugh Lawler stuck manfully to the, to the desk. Like he did, and you were kind of nearly always drawn to it to kind of see the bit of holding that was going on, and you know. Um, just a, f- a phenomenal battle and in fairness to Aaron yeah he came up trumps in the finish like he finished up with three points in play um, you know maybe to score, to score there an extra time you know I mean they, they just made a difference in the finish um, but what, what a battle there uh, tried to follow the movement around the middle third as well Dale, as to where mm. fellas were playing and who was picking up Tony Kelly and um, the midfield and you know, it, it was just intriguing all the, way, all, all the way and then the physicality of it in terms of the hits that went in and you know, as such a the crowd roaring added to the whole thing, and yeah, really, really, really good. I suppose from Claire's point of view, that midfield sector kind of had wind well from early doors, and in, in terms of they seemed to be getting, you know, Ryan Taylor on the ball and David Fitzgerald seemed to be freeing up. Like so, obviously they did not have the homework done, and and they used the ball very, very smart. And you know, like Limerick set up with the three big boys inside, and and like with Aaron Gillan, Flanagan, and Kyle Hayes inside. Like so. That, that, that would have been made life difficult for Claire in terms of, um, like, let's say, the motor ball coming in and the, dealing with the physicality of it. But I thought that Claire's full back line stood up very, very well. And for me, I was seriously impressed with Paul Flanagan. I thought he did an incredible game while he was on the pitch. The motor ball he broke down. and no, Whatever you did to him in the tunnel, um, yeah. and, and Jim Ryan as well, whatever you did to him down the tunnel, um, they didn't reappear for extra time, the two of them. So. Yeah, I, I I didn't obviously see and I hope there's a security know, camera in there somewhere. Yeah, hear what happened, but uh, I hope yeah, not. They had they had a chat about something, all right, yeah, but no, I, yeah. I, 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 I it had I, it all, had it a tunnel, it had it all, even the sideline battle there at times, you know, there was there was plenty going on, and but like in fairness, the, the, the key thing was the game was played in a brilliant spirit in a different in a brilliant way both teams fronted up they went at it the puck outs were long there was loads of ball lumped long you had to win your own ball and 
you know, there was no quarter Astor given such a, a as a spectacle and as a game. I was I, I turned on the stars of the news last night and there was some fella um at uh, the celebration for the Queen in England and he said he was up near the front and he said it was the most amazing atmosphere that he was ever at in his life. And I was there, she's never been at a month of my life. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, what I like, I know you said the careful backline. I think Rory, Rory Hayes, he's a great player. He will be a great player. He is a great player. Stop. He's he's already a potential oh, all-star. He struggled on Shamey a bit yesterday. Shamey was just on one of those days where very hard to mark him. I mean, he's range of shooting from over his shoulder, phenomenal. And he read the breaking ball from Galen and clearly so well. Like it is. Um, it is. He just he just had a phenomenal outing. He finished with eight points in play, which is a phenomenal return for, for, for a forward. And I suppose like he had missed a bit of time there, we say before the Clare game the last day. So he's only coming back. So obviously he used the three weeks exceptionally well and he was buzzing, he was back to his brilliant best. And and Limerick needed him. Um the way the, the way the game panned out. So yeah, he was he, he just happened to be in the right place a lot of the time and he got some brilliant scores. Like eight, eight points from play is some return and he was kind of Damn one it. of the one of, one of the bright boys. No, I think TK finished with seven points in play, which is fair return as well. And David Fitzgerald in the middle of the field scored five points in play. Like, so it'll just tell you. He's having some season, David Fitzgerald. He's having some He's season some every day. Season. Yeah. Yeah. But um, tactically, they look, I think Claire set up very well. They killed the space. Um, Limerick couldn't find that puck out space that they're normally good at to put the ball into. Like, Garot Hegarty didn't score a point from play. So they kind of stopped his runs. And, and and did that exceptionally well and just the setups on both teams they weren't too dissimilar um but as i said I, I just like from this limits team's point of view they keep seem to be able to find a little bit more a little bit more and i said clear everything was thrown at them like i said whether it was the physicality the fitness the class of a tony kelly whatever you want to call it and limerick just still found that little bit more in extra time to kind of see them home so just a phenomenal team the bench played a part for Limerick, like David Reedy and Conor Boylan came on and got two good scores uh, at, at, at a crucial time. And, you know, in fairness to Reedy, he comes on there a lot of games, he gets his possessions, he gets his tackles and his work rate in. And, you know, he's, he's proven invaluable in this team now at the moment. So, yes. to, to be fair to him. Yes, and I, I'd nearly be saying to myself, I said it to a couple of lads here and I came back, there's loads of supporters back and all, you know, post-martums. And I said, you, you wouldn't think David Reedy get on the clear subs and every day he comes in and does it. And Boylan is starting to do the same, like you know. So that's yeah. phenomenal. I, 129 to 29, Mark. The goal was always going to be massive, like you know. And I thought David McInerney had an exceptional game on Hago. Um, was one little malfunction there. Dimmer Ryan didn't come in on Tom, Tom Morrissey, Tom three points in play and set up the goal as well. Like, and you no, know, he set up the goal with Hago. What a flick over Dimmer Ryan's head and the finish, so cool. Like, and then Claire, the Shane O'Donnell one, lads, where he cut inside. Would it have been the winning of the game for Clare? And I think this is my reading of it, Omar. And I know you're you're watching it over there on on the TV. But um, he he was picking his spot. But he, I think he thought that Nicky, and this is where Nicky's a great goalkeeper as well. Like he he thought Nicky had him red, and he went to change his mind and go to the other corner. Now Donald would have that in his locker, of course, one on one. We know that. And and my case, he didn't just had a lunge oh, brave as a line of course just threw the body in and he gets the leg on it like and as opposed to you know Tom Morrissey fetching a high one you know shrugging off Davy Mack who shouldn't have been on him because he hit the mark 
uh, Hagerty, and Hagerty's gone inside, flicks it over goal. Like that, they're the moments that kind of decide these epics, Mark, aren't they? Like you, there wasn't many goal chances. Whoever was going to nail, the, no, uh, there wasn't. Yeah, like it was an unbelievable bit of vision from Tom Arsene was the first thing, but the skill that Hegarty showed after that for a big man to be able to flick the ball over there on Ryan's head and then pick it with one hand, and he got his hand down so low to secure the ball, and then to tuck it away, absolutely phenomenal skill from Hegarty, and I'd have to say that Gerard is obviously a marked man now. Every day he goes out, he'll probably come in for special attention. But I thought he was very sportsman-like all day long yesterday for a fella that probably w- w- would have had a, you know, a mark on his back, like, you know, to get him going. So, but, like, it was probably, I won't say get the, against the run of play. I thought Clare were phenomenal, Anthony, yesterday. I thought particularly in the first 15 minutes when TK probably was quite... I've been marked down in my notes here that the first body struck was after 11 minutes. And, you know, I thought he turned it into the game. And after that, remember he made a, he made a mistake. He, he cross-field the ball and there was a score came off from Limerick. And then he, he turned it into the game and got a couple of quick scores himself. So that's a, that's a, that's a sign of a man that took responsibility for the error he made. And up Jeez, to the, the game after he, that. The, sco- the score mark where he dispossessed um, Gerard Hegarty and up the line, had it caught twice and off the hurley. Jesus. There was gasps in the crowd. Like, what? There's very few players yeah. I've often said this, that the skill levels of the players that we have at the moment are just magnificent. And we should enjoy them while we're here. What Henry Chef, or not what Henry, what TJ Reid did the other night, catching that ball when he had to go across his hand. But I, I loved the little bit of a tug he gave to the Galway man's arm in advance. And when they slowed it down in the television, it was just phenomenal stuff. But I, I just, coming back to Shane O'Donnell, um, Anthony, he was fouled early in the game, and Michael Dyken referenced it in the in the commentary that he felt it was a free. And I thought Shane O'Donnell conceded an awful lot of frees on the clear side. And I don't want to be negative towards him because he's having a great season. But I thought he kind of carried that all day long. And I said John Keenan must have blown him for five frees. And you know, I just wondering what's going on in his head because. You know yourself if you commit one or two frees, you really have to mind yourself afterwards because the sideline are looking at you and saying, "Listen, this was com- he's com- he's he is committing too many frees for the team." So I just thought that I, I thought Shane went over the top yesterday, and I'm just wondering, was it a reaction for the fact that he didn't get a free himself early doors? Um, yeah, that was that was one, that he, was one thing one, that me. It was it was the one he controlled over his head, one touch into his hand, and went around Barry Nash, and actually. Correct. I was watching it from behind. You know where the box is now. We're up and where the Limerick Terrace is. John Keenan pointed towards the, the Limerick goal. Like so, I said, "You have your advantage anyway. Keep going." And then he was dispossessed. And well, I'd say he was. He was. He went to John Keenan afterwards to protest. Maybe no, but he'd be a perfectionist. I'd say, I'd say even missing the goal chance mark would claim Shane's head like because he. And, and I kind of half that. That's what I'm half thinking. That I do think that that decision so early in the game must have had an effect on him because he conceded a huge amount of frees afterwards, I'd say. Yeah, but probably look, four, I'd say. Four the outside. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. a lot. In fairness to him, he still forced Barry Nash out over the line to get the, the line ball 
to you know, <clears> they don't give up, do they? These guys, the great players stay stay at it, like, don't they? Correct, correct. I, I, I just thought as a spectacle, as a neutral, I never moved from the couch all day long. It was in it was really impulsive stuff. I I like TJ would agree. I think John Keenan really added to the game. I thought he was outstanding. Um I thought the who would have said the Dermot Burns, the best one of, I won't say the best, but probably the best long-range striker in the game would miss three frees yesterday. It was and like they talk about the wind and the rain and golf and stuff like that, right? And the, the different clubs that you have. Like all these golfers are professionals, they get quietness everywhere. They're allowed to tee up their ball and they're on millions of euros. And here we have Dermot Burns with 70, 47,000 people roaring at him yesterday. And there's a little bit of um, a little bit of rain and, and, and it does it might have had an effect on his shooting yesterday, but I just I just thought it was brilliant, brilliant. And I thought the whole thing ran off really well. Um, and one big decision, Anthony, near the end of the game, was Tony Kelly to give up the freeze to Peter Duggan. Now, like, and Duggan had two frees late in the game to, to keep uh, Claire in it. So I didn't know, was that from the sideline? I would probably think TK himself might have said, look, Dougs, I think you should take over the free taking here. I thought that was very, very, it was a big call at the time. And in fairness to Duggan, he answered the call as well. I thought Duggan sometimes that got involved, Anthony, with the yeah. umpire, not umpires, but maybe the, the whole occasion. Maybe he might have been better off to channel the energy into getting the ball and, and, and running at the man. Not, not taken away from him in any way. It's just a little bit like what Brian said about the Galway players. Getting involved when maybe, okay, that decision has been made. The referee isn't going to change his mind. We've been here before. Let's get, get the next ball. So, yeah, we, we made the point about the Limerick forwards, you know, they shouldn't react and, and, and they didn't, yes, to be fair. And, but they are getting treatment. We've acknowledged that all through the show. And I think Dougie's getting a fair bit of treatment yesterday and he probably did react, you know. So he has to temper that side of the game. There's no doubt about that. And and uh, he's a fiery character and he wasn't that happy. I'd say, no, he, some balls to take over the free taking. What was amazing was, like, he had nailed the sideline in the first half, right? Then Tony was struggling a bit on the freeze. Now, it was a tough day to take freeze, let's face it. And then Tony hands over the responsibility and said, then Dougie nails the three freeze. Then we get a line ball in the third minute of injury time. And Tony says, oh, I'm going to hit this one. Like, there's some, uh, some, some, I stepped in and I stepped out against stuff anyway. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there was, it was, it was... There was 10, 10 wides from press balls, Mac. Amazing, yeah. What's that, Tate? 10 wides from press balls. There was 10 wides from press balls. There was actually five five each <clears throat> there was a couple of them both sides like as you said the one in the first half in TK and one in the second half in Aaron Galan that you would have put your house on I'm like but yeah you said conditions and you know maybe both sides would look at some of the maybe the chances they had probably especially in the second half of the game where they could have maybe closed out or maybe pushed on and whatever but it was just very tight all the way through and you know you probably have to give, pre- give credit to the backs too with a lot of pressure on them like when they were shooting like John Conlon Gave a massive, massive performance. And he took some belt early in the game now. The first play of the game, I don't know it was a Glenn hit him, hit him square now, but John was shook like. But then. He gone? Yeah, or, or, or link, live link to Spain seems to be under pressure there. Or did, yeah, you, just like, press the mute? did you just press that mute button, did you? <laughs> I, 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 I was going to get onto Cork any minute, like, and I was afraid my shot. <laughs> 
load of cock lads here singing rebels here, rebels there, and so on. Saturday, like, Jesus, it's lazy going to you listen to that coach. <laughs> Your footballers are a good win over I, I, I got that. disconnected there. Did I miss something? Did I miss <laughs> no, something no, there? No, 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 slagging no, me, no. were you? we'd love to be there ourselves now we're all pissing rain here and I'd like to go turn and turf if I got a couple of dry days and I don't know how I'm going to keep it going like it's easy Augie he was on about John Conlon Jesus he's a tough York yeah. at 33 the position you men for a long time indeed Aye. and even Liam Sheedy said to me Jesus dear lord you might want to put fresh legs in for John Conlon he couldn't keep going at this rate he said Jesus he's yeah. still going hard in extra time and injury time Jesus he's he's some detail Um he's the same age as the younger brother. Um, I remember he came under 21 for Clare when they beckled Kenny and all right. those years back. And yeah, that was the first time, I suppose, you know, obviously he played minor, but seeing him properly, you know, and he was just, he was, he was just, he was a finished article as such at that stage up in Crow Park. He was just, he was class and Jesus, he's given some service to, to Clare. And I, I, he's one of those players I just love watching. He's just no nonsense. He's just so consistent every day he goes out. Um, and he's a fantastic hurler, you know. Obviously, they haven't done most of his hurling in the forwards to go back and hurl centre back. And I'm always a bit wary when I see mm -hmm. a forward coming back because absolutely they're lovely strikers of the ball and they see everything that's in front of them. But do they want to do the nitty gritty? Do they want to do the, the, the dirty work, you know? And he has no problem getting down and dirty going into the trenches. And he's just he's class. We've wanted, you know? him, we've wanted him on the panel now as well, Hoagie. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't saying anything. But, but, yeah. but we yeah, wouldn't doubt you that way either, in fairness. <laughs> but yeah, the other, the other side of it, I mean, there's there's no slouch at the other end either in Hannon. I mean, no. Jesus. Another converted forward. Yeah, and I marked him. And I, I marked him in the other end semi final. Well, I marked him a few times, but the other end semi final, the, the day that the monsoon, I'll never forget it. Oh, Jesus, yeah. couldn't, hold, couldn't hold your hurl the same day. Um, Grey hurler, you know, and again, would have seen him in the Arts Reach coming up and et cetera, et cetera. But Jesus, the point he got at the end, which we all thought was the winner, like the store, it, it, it's a point for the ages almost, you know, it's, it, as, a, as a back, it's what you dream of, you know, in injury time, ball pops out to you, you stick it over from 70 yards, just strokes it over. Um, and, you know, just, just a class player as well. But you mentioned TK, like, and, and it was just interesting. We were talking about Shane and, and how, you know, he missed a chance and, that might have lingered in his head. Like, Tony, like, just the leadership, you know, the match is, is over, and there was no one else going to take that sideline cut, bar Tony. And he went over and he put it down. And was he thinking about the couple of frees he missed or whatever? He didn't know. He was going, I'm taking this sideline cut. And he put it down and put it over the bar and just, you know, absolutely the wonder scores he got during the match and everything. You know, you, you almost come to expect that from Tony. You know, he's the best hurler in the country. At the moment, by far, um, but that's I like coach, just that leadership he gave to the team, you know, and the class to stick it over the bar, um, yeah, serious, serious, serious player. And there was there was you know there was massive standout player. The thing I I, I was jotting it down when I was watching it, the kind of the big standout players, individual performances almost came from more from the Clare side. It was a great team performance from Limerick, but like Jimmer Burns was quiet by his own stand, you know, relatively by his own stand high standards, and some of the other players. Okay, Shimmy Flanagan had a great day, and Galan and Cleary had massive battles. But I thought Fitzgerald in the middle of the field, like five points. I thought, you know, I haven't. Geez, that was a fantastic performance. Tony, obviously, Conlon, we mentioned. We saw Flanagan at the back, you know, who's given huge service and has had to buy these Ryan Taylor. Ryan Taylor, brilliant. You know, I, I, and the worry I had was, you know, with, with, with 20 minutes ago in the match, I was like, 
is that it now are, can clear maintain this level of you know the energy and the, and the, the aggression because we knew Limerick would but would they would, would you know had Limerick starts to wear down Clare but Jesus like they, they, there was, they stay going it was credit to the conditioning they had you know and, and, and the way Brian had them had him prepared it was, it was some battle but you know in fairness to Limerick they just they just know how to get it done yeah great champions I will say that and, and congrats to Dickie as well for lifting that Munster Cup for the fourth time snake um, <laughs> only for you lifted it Landers I'd have, got, I'd have got the same privilege in 99 only for you taking it off me Marco you always clean me out by for a finish uh, I've, been I've been repaying you ever since <laughs> no better man great captain Hannah look at the colours and don't from Benny Gibbon on Saturday to you fasty fellas nice huh I wouldn't like to be in the bed dealing with him in, in, in list of Varney, I tell you afterwards. In fairness to Swanee, he was only having a few battles. He was he was under uh, full Swanee, control. A leader, a leader among yeah. men. Like, I don't so, know. And, and a very good guy. Great guy. You know, huge, huge help in our county now and uh, behind the scenes yeah. in terms of championship programmes and underage. And huge man. Sells a, sells a huge amount of slitters to the clubs as well. But um, he's phenomenal. He's, his love for the game. Look, He's up, up there on the pan with yourself, Dale. He eats, sleeps, and breathes day in, day out. In fairness, I mean, he's he's a he's a huge asset. He went for the uh, the vice chair of the Cork County Board actually the last time around. Didn't uh, was unsuccessful, and uh, he had been development officer for three years. And and right. in Cork needs fellows like him who are that you know the, you, there's no getting away from that. It's it's you see. Young men's game now. I would I would suggest like you know. Yeah, and I'd love to get a chance if they were the only crew here. I'd love to get a chance to um sit down and uh, to have a good chat with him. But um we the boys on the stag from for my water denier and did a good few tip lads with him as well from our own care clan mail, Davy Ryan etc. And uh, they were great crack. They were here since early now with their Hawaiian shirts on them and great Jamie as well. And we had the bowl Jamie Barron. Who it would love to be involved, and um, but he's enjoying the little break, I'd say, as well. You know, inter county players when they come to terms with the defeats and out, do you know what? Himself and Connor Gleason were here at a stag party with their buddies, had stayed in this Friday night, had a great night out to meet yours, enjoyed a crack, and uh, you know, we great crack with Connor Gleason because they were setting me up saying, Dale, is he the dirtiest cornerback you've ever seen? So every time I passed Connor collecting glasses or whatever I was doing, I had a, I had a black Guinness beer mat and I was saying Gleason card and uh, so it was we had fun and then we had um, one of our greats the, uh, the song, as the song was going as they were leaving for Milton Malbe around half nine there's only one Gary Power and Gary's getting married to Maeve uh, in Italy in a few weeks time I'd love to be going I can't go too busy um, but the lads all the Magpies were out with Gary one of our uh, great club members back over the years and uh, the best of luck to them if the stag is anything to go by, Italy should be rocking. Anyway, just to finish my Fogra Fogras on that end of things. Lads, where do we see things now, lads? Obviously, preliminary quarterfinals. The Wexford boys have to go to uh, Austin Stack Park in Tralee. I may take a little trip over uh, on the ferry, I think, to take in that or potential um, opponents in the quarterfinal. And the Rebels, I think they're making a training camp out of the trip to Belfast, if I can believe what I was told in the RT box at some stage yesterday. Oh, well, I don't know. That's some set up now, team. Hey, that's some set up now. 
Hold on a minute now from the player, Blanca. You're leaving at Friday, I think, around 12 midday. Everyone has to get off work. And you're having a training session in the Midlands somewhere, moving on up into the Belf- greater Belfast area, playing the game, staying Saturday night again, and another training session Sunday morning, just to be 100% ready for the Galway boys uh, uh, a week later. So you are looking ahead, Mark. I'll give you that. And you're always full of confidence. Your footballers are in the last 12. You're not gone. Well, I... I... Hopefully no the connection goes here. <laughs> I, I tell you now, <laughs> that's some load of waffle there now. I can tell you this much. You're already at this. Hey, yeah, that's, that. yeah, yeah, that's typical. That's typical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who the cockle who is torture that now, like you know. But um, he was he'll looking very football man, but he, he's, he's very well informed. He'll know who he is now, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was he well dressed yesterday? He caught you outside no, yesterday. No, because no, that's he's, 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 I said, you're, right. you're some bio. I said, you'll come in the pair of shorts and a t-shirt one day and you'll just you'll tie on. <laughs> but anyway, go on. No, it wasn't done log. It wasn't done log. That's he okay. was as shocked as I was. He was as shocked as I was when he heard it. Yeah, well, I wouldn't believe I wouldn't believe that for a second. The match is on next weekend, like, isn't it? And you're, yes. and you're, trying, you're trying to tell me that we'll be training on... When is it? Is it on Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. Is it on Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, but you're making the whole weekend. The match is just one part of it. You're training Friday, right, match yeah. Saturday, okay. training again Sunday okay. morning. Then. Should the Antrim lads are on the batter today? Like, sure. What's, jeez. For the Antrim lads, that's a winning draw back done enough. It's kind of wrong. It is totally wrong. It's totally wrong. No, no. They should be given a fortnight after winning yesterday, to be fair to them. That's 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 not right for either of the two teams carry on themselves to have to play in the back door. Uh, preliminary quarter final next weekend. I wouldn't agree with that at all. But anyway, it is what it is. Dalo, we we will probably be expecting to win. I would suggest the same as Wexford will be expecting to win as well. Um, like Antrim were really good yesterday, and do you know what they did? They looked really, really fit yesterday. Oh, sorry, Saturday. Mm-hmm. I thought in comparison to a couple of years ago when they won it. So I um, look if Cork are to have any serious say in the championship. In the latter stages, we'd have to be going to Antrim and expecting to win that game. But look, you know, we after the euphoria of getting through when everybody had written us off, the shoes on the other foot nowadays, there's an expectation back there again to try and uh, prolong the season. But I'd be happy enough to say I think Cox should win that one. Yeah. TJ, overall, I suppose we look at, we, we, we'll give them a pass, Cork and Wexford. Two sticky enough ones now. If, I, if I'm um, Kieran Kingston and uh, Darry Egan, I'm saying, Jesus, I don't need this sort of game. Like it's, but look, the Kerry, look, it's very hard. I mean, the Kerry and uh, Kerry after losing their third, John McDonough final in a row, very difficult. Now, Malumfi, good guy, strict guy as well. So he'd probably have him back at it Tuesday night. I'd suggest probably a few involved today. But um, we take it that they go through. So we have the two. Probably what a lot of people fancied to come out in some ways. A lot of talk about Galway, but certainly Limerick, Kilkenny, that wouldn't be a surprise. They're there. Who'll join them, TJ? What What do you see happening? Who's going to be our last four? Yeah, I, I, I expect I think Limerick both, to face off against them. Both teams, both Limerick and Kilkenny, will be happy enough with the four weeks that they can get their house in order, and, and I think they'll be able to deal with that. Um, like it looks like that the Galway, Cork, Antrim side that's coming down the Limerick Road, and then basically the other side, uh, Clare, Kerry, Wexford, uh, they'll be going down to Kilkenny side. So, 
Um, I'd be a small bit fearful of the Rebels. Um, I think that there's a bit of momentum behind them. Um, looks like they're coming with a head of steam. Like their early season woes have gone away. And, you know, Galway will be a small bit, I don't know, Gary Spillane's sound has gone. Say that again. Yeah. You expect the Rebels? Was ringing me there. I think the Rebels will be playing Limerick in one semi final. And I'm going to tip here, boys. Dale Clare to come through the other side. I was fierce impressed by the true at Limerick yesterday. I think Dale come through. And I'm going to go for Cork Limerick in one semi final and Clare Kilkenny in the other semi final. Mode watering, mode watering. Hoagie, you'd be flying the Leinster flag there. Would you be able to? Landed like, um, well, I will agree with TJ. I think they'll be the semi final parents, um, and uh, we'll talk about anything after that in a couple of weeks' time. Repeat, repeat of 73. I'm feeling here on my water, <laughs> and they want to get you for 19 as well, Hoggy. Don't worry yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, I know doubt. I know that. Let's not put that card before the horse now. Let's, I don't we'll, know. We'll, we'll, sit, we'll, we'll, sit, we'll sit back with Limerick and wait and see who comes out through it. There's a lot of water. There's a lot of water. Um, Hoagie, um, massively entertaining Joe McDonough final. It's great structure we have. I mean, football now is trying to promote the, the, the tailgate cup, I think they call it. Is it? The Tal Telton Cup, sorry. Um, I'm on a page there with Desi Dolan and Shane Lowry and a couple of them. They're raving about Wishmead and Offaly and all that. What's this in, lads? Clare in the draw this morning meeting Roscommon, like the All-Ireland Football Championship. Like, what are you talking about? Just, what? Any Murphy Cup or something. Anyways, we we're lucky. Uh, it looked like Antrim playing champagne stuff, Hoggy, and look cruising two eleven five points at one stage. And like Kerry, Ferris and Malunfi is Kerry fitter. You're on about Mark was on about Antrim being fitter than a couple of years ago, but till Kerry are fitter than a couple of years ago. Anyway, that's for sure. It wasn't an arse on sight, and, and there had been in Joe McDonough final the one the Christmas one there was four or five asses in sight in Kerry, you know. But there was in McDonough Malumphy was a fit man himself, army man. But yeah. uh, they, some come back like one of almost got there. One more play, and we might have been going to extra time in that one. And uh, great entertainment. You have to feel for Podrick Boyle. I think you know um, two eleven. Yeah, inside in a Christie ring final, uh, Jordan Conway comes off the bench and gets two two from play. Like, uh, but Antrim probably had the slicker forwards. Hoggy Connell Con- Cunning, man of the match with um, one twelve. He scored one twelve, like nine three. Yeah. So that'd be one three from play. And Kieran Clark two two, and you know, um, they're back up probably where they deserve to be. Brian, I, I I'd imagine they were a bit unlucky to go down last year, and it's some of their league performances in Corrigan Park as well are. Have been standout and and only Westmead have sort of of the weaker counties perceived have matched that and they did that this year. But Antrim have been doing that for two three years now and credit to Darren Gleeson for that. Yeah, um, they we're talking about the development of hurling in the so-called weaker counties. You know, or, or getting counties back up to the top tier. You know, and I think Antrim are an important along with Westmead have shown, made great strides in the last couple of years. I think. Having played in Division One, you know, against the top tier teams has helped, you know, um, help them develop. They've played obviously at a higher standard, a higher pace, against a higher quality of players. So I think that taught made, I suppose, made a difference. You know, they came out of the traps early on, you know, put a big lead in place against Kerry. Um, and probably 
you know, froze a little bit, you know, and they, 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 you know, when the momentum shifted and, and, and Kerry they got panic started. a bit. They did, yeah, yeah. And that that that's that's a, would be obviously a little bit of worry for 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 Gleason, but you know, when when, when you know all things were told, their hurling was slicker. They, when they, when they had their game play, you know, a plan in place in the first half, they looked very composed, used the ball really well, you know, and opened up Kerry and. I suppose you know de- developed that big lead. They panicked a bit then for different reasons, you know, and, and you know the old failings kind of you know reverse back to, to their old failings, you know, lumping the ball along and allow Kerry back into it. And full cre- credit to Kerry, they took advantage of it. Um, but you know you would have expected, I suppose, Antrim having been exposed to a higher standard of hurling that you know they should have been able to, I suppose, you know, have played the game at a higher pace, you know, and and that's what they did do in the first half. But as I said, as you said, like you know. The, in the second half, and they panicked a bit, and, and they started reverting back to some of the old habits. They allow Kerry back into it, and you know Kerry almost pipped him at the end. You know, um, I mean, it's fair scoring. You know, five twenty-two to four twenty-four. It's fair scoring in seventy minutes of hurling. Um, you had, you know, you had questioned obviously as a back. You had questioned some of the some of the scores, but you know, the, saying that there was some serious skill on show as well. And you mentioned two of the lads. You know, when you score two twelve, um, and come out or two eleven. In the case of Parry Boyle, about the, the losing side, you know, there's not much more you can do really. Um, but you know, for the light for Antrim, I suppose, and I, I look, it's hard in Kerry as well. Three years in a row to lose to Joe McDonough, you know, it's it's, it's small margins. You know, it's, mm. what do they need to do to get over the line? Um, but for Antrim, you know, it's important that they they won that they stay they stay competing at the top level and keep learning and keep developing. You know, like like a Westmead, you know, you don't want to yo-yo up and down. Um, you know, and there's some great servants. Neil McManus, they're still going strong and yeah. um, still showing the way for them. You know, Jesus, he's, he's some he's some man. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, it's 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 great. It's great for Antrim. As I mentioned, a reference earlier on, such a pity that, and there was a number of them around us that stuck around uh, for the second match. But, you know, I just think a missed opportunity. You know, you have all the development squads there. They're all heading off and not getting to say it and watch the second match. And, could they have done more? You know, could could not say from Andrews' perspective, could Crow Park have, have, have you know, you're talking about the weaker counties. Could they have done the same for Kerry? Could they have brought uh, maybe the development squad didn't see him there? Bring them up, you know, make a weekend of it, give them, you know, could I we, don't know. Could, just, we, could we even have played it at three and five, Huggy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you know the Dublin like, traffic and you know. Yeah, and it's a Saturday, it's a Saturday, you know. They're they're all they're all young lads. Crow Park, give them some support, keep them up for the night, maybe do a training, uh, you know. Do something else on the Sunday before they send them off back down on Sunday afternoon. You know, really kind of give them a big, big weekend of it. You know, for the for the kids there. You know, for for the, the development squads. You know, big shot in the arm. You know, um, instead of that, they're all trooping onto a bus at seven o'clock as the as the the Leinster final is about to start and heading back up the road to to to, to North, you know, to Valley Castle and, and Dunnoy and the rest. You know. Yeah, and well done, well done to. To Antrim, hard look to the Kerry boys. I know it's, it's Stephen's first year, so I presume Kerry would be sticking strongly with Stephen Manumphy, so he may get the chance to put his own stamp on it. And I think Antrim probably were stand out, whereas Leash, unless they get their act together, won't be quite the force that Antrim are. So wide open, Joe McDonough to look forward to next year. And the good news there for all our Tipperary listeners as well, uh, Larry, um, is that there's no need to call training for this week. Um, 
played out. <laughs> Lander, stop laughing out in Spain now because you feel you're safe. I, 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 I said, you know, there's a couple of them Tipperary from his own way. They've been giving plenty go for the last couple of years. I never see them so quiet, lad, for the last two weeks. <laughs> the, thought, the thought of Kerry beating them twice in the one year was that to get to them. <laughs> so it been some crack, oh, wouldn't it? It would have been some crack. It would have been some crack as well. I swear, it would have been, been a, a bit of crack, all right. But no, look, uh, no, we look, they'll bounce back. They'll bounce back. Larry, don't worry. Don't worry. Lads, great stuff. Um, fantasy, go on, put it up there. Uh, Jack. I oh, know. Is uh, Hoagie, you never changed your team. The, oh, look geez. at it, looks I mean, all over at the top, lads. 289 points again. The bouncers, he's he's gone away like he's just he's like here on Kerry 96, he's just gone away like 1558 points. And uh, Larry, of course, made astute changes in the window 277. <laughs> the bronze medal is in killer for the moment. Uh, 1369, Liam Sheedy. 13.59 and Murphy's gang 13.31 lads that'll be a battle for that there'll be a battle middle yet. I Dana there's a big weekend now coming up next weekend I can tell you mm, and no I I my boys I have six players and the captain next weekend so you have a lot of Who's fellas your, scored big captain, last Chin? weekend on Tony uh, Kelly captain? I I'm after going on in on Lee Chin so if you can have a word with the manager in Wexford, I need Chin on the field to play whatever happens next weekend. Well, look, talking to a lad just, just outside the RT box there is a steward. He's from Wexford. I don't think they're going to risk him in, in Tralee. So. I have that fear. I have that fear. Yeah. I, I could have went for Tony Kelly, but I, you know what? I'm going for the win, Della. I'm going for the trot. So I, I said I go for Chin and try and get him on, the, try and get him on a big score. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see you holding on to the podium spot anyway, because you know your early season form, but it has yeah. dwindled a small bit. But look, you only care about beating me, and which that's the main thing. Hoagie, you, you should you be like, okay. Three point four million like, mentioned. Wooden spoon looks yeah, no destined. No change at the bottom. No, no, Shani, yeah. come on, like, will you? <laughs> I am. Um, yeah. I stopped in the service no interest when they don't make any transfers there. Hoagie, Hoagie, what's your answer to that? I didn't. I wasn't even listening to Landers. I tend to. I could mute him on my side here. So, but uh, <laughs> I was. Uh, I was pulled in there on the way up to the match there on Saturday, and I met a lad. And he was like, "Oh, did you do the fantasy?" Jesus, I was there for an hour. They're trying to move me to, and I was like, "Oh, shit!" <laughs> I forgot totally about it. Didn't even know you could make changes. So, all I, all I was worried was avoiding the three point four million mansion at the end. So, hopefully, I'm okay. Hoagie, Dela used to catch me like that, Dela, at, at the staff as well, Hoagie, the first year of it. I, I was forgetting about the transfers as well. But I'm learn, I can tell you, you'll be learning fast around here with Morty's gang and the bouncers. Well, yeah. How was your game plan? Landers must have a team of analysts yeah. there, picking his team. Yes, yes, sure stop. Uh, yeah, with Listers League, lads, it's, it's hotting up. TJ, you're not fell off the top of this way. No, good, okay, actually, yeah, 30 points. Well done to Ross Kelly, uh, Kildare Hurler from Nace, Fisherman's Blues, 291. Great shooting again, Ross. Um, 1,558. Thomas Lally, uh, Namogna, uh, and Kieran Kenrick, Kamal Rovers. Kieran might have been here the weekend. One of the lads up the top was anyway. Uh, so 
that's hot up, and I presume Ross Kelly must be top of the overall if he's top of ours. That's the way it works, and that. Um, yeah. So well done, lads. Lots to play for. Lots of changes, vital changes to be made. Um, come on. Uh, to all too slow, two four racing club has a runner out today, Marco in Goran Park. Now we won't advocate right. gambling in case we're attacked by some leading journalists out there. Jesus, we're not advocating gambling at all. We're on about a nice day out, uh, horse running in our colours. We'd enjoy it. Uh, can't go today. If we've a runner Thursday, I'm going to try and go Thursday <laughs> to that person if we've a runner because uh, we train on this evening and we have a match Wednesday night, so we Thursday night free and I might get someone to run down there and bait for headquarters and lots of ways Leprechaun if I can if we have a runner but Go we ahead, have uh, yeah. out so, this evening Marco yes and, and I suppose just to, to pick up on your point you know this is a social racing club it is bringing people to places they've never been and introducing people to people they've never met before so that is what our motto is around the racing club and we've been able to open doors to Jim Balger Willie McCreary and Willie Mullins so you know, the feedback has been phenomenal for the people that have joined the memberships. <laughs> and um, just to say that we're, we're going to Willie Mullins and Stable on the 9th of July for paid-up members only. So for lads that haven't been able to pay, get on the website to, to pay the membership or send in a check there to the address on the email. So, yeah, Literatus runs this evening, Delo, and the word from uh, headquarters from Jim Bulger is that... Um, he just said to me, I hope she'll be bringing her A game to the table this evening. So she she wouldn't have ran to credit, I suppose, the last day when we were in Gordon Park. But I think Jim, uh, and this is both about Literatus and Purple Gown, needed ground. He would be expecting a little bit better with a bit of cut in the ground. So I think she'll do herself a bit of justice this evening. Good man. Good man. Hopefully she will get a place anyway. It'd be great. Um, TJ, you're going to roast yourself have a quick lick of a blade and put a bit of gel in the hair, get into a cold shower. Any lake near you, TJ? I went first time this year, Saturday no. morning, I hit the beach and into the White Strand in Dunbeg. Oh, Jesus, it was cold, but it was magic, boy. Back to McInerney shop in Dunbeg for a nice warm coffee. <laughs> and I came down the road. I could have ran home from Dunbeg by you. Get out there and throw yourself into a lake somewhere. I could do I could do, do it. bollocks as you. Yeah. <laughs> It's about the only thing we have over you at the moment. We have yeah. the Atlantic. DJ, Jim Balger, I think Jim Balger will be in attendance this evening. So if you can yeah, make man. it down there, I, I, I try and, as Dale says, throw oh, yourself into a lake, you have you have the Monster Cup secured. McMackey is safe in the, in, in, in the hands at the moment, yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I, I could do a jump in the lake now and start myself out. But, um, yeah, I, I, do you know what? After listening to Marco there, that sounds positive. We'll make it. We'll make our way inspired. to Gordon there later on. Yeah, yeah. You're inspired. Positive. Um, couple of other small things there before we finish up. Just Fogra, to say Fogra, thanks Fogra, yourself. Yeah, a couple of small things to say thanks to yourself and Marco for making yeah. the trip to South Limerick last weekend. Great night, and we had a good was night it? to remember my uncle. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, really good fun. And anybody who was in, and again, not advocating gambling, anybody who was in attendance in Bay Landers last Saturday night was treated to the Mac Landers tip, which Julie romped home on Tuesday. And I got plenty of texts, Mac, to say thank you very much. Uh, they were all on, so you were you were on the money again. Um, I just so, got a text to say, Dale, did you remember? <laughs> <laughs> And just for people, I suppose, just for people, like, like this is just an amazing story. Like, Lady Lady Tilbury is the horse's name. I joined the Manan Racing Club. 
uh, with about 19 yearlings. It took me to Dubai in January. I didn't know. I knew one person that had gone out there, and I knew about 40 new people coming home. And here we are, our first runner, second, first and first. And we're now going to Royal Ascot, Dalo, with yes oh, again, taking you to places you've never been, right? I have to get a top hat and tails if I want to go. So I, 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 I hope the fucking, I hope the fucking boarding cast, I hope the boarding pass is wrong and you don't get out there. <laughs> I'd be looking at you on the Wednesday. Well, if we if we make it to the winners enclosure, I, I can tell you this much now. Shelton will be, I, I will be, we allow singing Royal Ascot. We'd be like the boys with flooring portal and shutting them. Be some crack. I think, but um, I think one of the rules in Ascot, Marcos, you have to wear socks just in case you're going with the tight pants and the shoes. You have to wear socks in Ascot. You won't didn't Jackie Tyrrell? Didn't Jackie yeah. Tyrrell you're dealing with here? Jesus. Where would he be going with tight trousers? For <laughs> I have a couple of poker focus there myself, Dalo. Um, Paddy McHugh there and Kate Duffy got married uh, last Friday in Rome. He's a member of the Command Racing Club and we want to wish him all the best after the wedding. And we're hoping that we, we get a few quid to pay for the wedding, but we certainly won't be able to afford the singer that he took out to the to the afters the following day. So fair play to him. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that the, there's a, a, the Galmai Golf Classic is on the 17th and 18th of June. A four-man team, 160 euros. It's a scramble, a four-man scramble, so 40 quid a man. Uh, contact Galmai. It's probably up on their, uh, on their internet or we can throw it up there on the, on the website. So... Um, all the best to the lads in Gilmoy for their uh, Hoagie might be able to pick up a few teams there and send them over for the golf classic. Play the golf, Hoagie. Badly. Badly. But Charlie, throw, throw your hand at anything. Apart from scramble, the horse scramble. Can't go wrong with a yeah. scramble. Mark, yeah. Mark could take your putts for you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. Uh, come on, come on, Hoagie. You will part for 200 euros. It'll be my ambition for the year to get 200 quid off of you now to join the <laughs> Command Racing Club. If I'll embarrass you into it. If it shuts you off, Mark, I'll do it. No bother. No, I'll grab the, I'll grab the bag. Great <laughs> stuff, lads. Eric, I, a quick fogger there as well. Just sees your okay, right. Just uh, one of the lads texted me there and asked me to give a shout out to uh, a lesser known school in, in Kilkenny, Kalashimura in Johnstown, JJ's old alma mater. They had a great year this year winning the B and um, the Leinster B and the, the junior, uh, second year junior, senior, and the Camogie this year. So he, one of the teachers down there wanted me to give it a shout. He's a big fan of the show and wanted me to give a shout out to, to the lads down there. So uh, just to get fair play fair for play. all the great work they're doing. Fair play. So Dale, well done to everyone in Clash to Mirror. The following weekend belong to the teams of Antrim, Kilkenny and Limerick. So for those supporters all over the country and all over the world and for Limerick people everywhere. And there was a good few of the New York lads home last night. Eddie and John and Finbar and met them in great form, came home for the weekend to Limerick people everywhere all over the world, enjoy these glory days. Okay, we're going to give you that wind up. Joe, he's, he's definitely waking up there, Joe, Bob, and Mick have been presented. Liam has to be presented yet. <laughs> enjoy your bank holiday, folks. <laughs> A grain, alright. A, a grain, alright. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lads. There's a 
Thanks to our sponsors, Renault. The Renault Capture, the versatile, compact family SUV.